generosity. Now, today we are going to continue on our series entitled Reset. You know, sometimes we just get stuck in life. I know we've all been there where it just feels like you've lost momentum and joy and strength, and, and we're just going through the motions. I mean, life could be described as just one big blah. It's kind of like our computers and phones sometimes, they get stuck. And, and what they do, then we've got to do something. We've got to hit a reset button and reset them. Well, we're the same way. Sometimes in life, we need a reset to get us going again. Well, when this happens, there is a spiritual reset button that we can push to help us re-engage and get going again. So we find this button in the Bible, and it's actually in the theme scripture we've been using for this entire series. And here's, here's where we find it. We find it in a conversation between Jesus and one of the religious leaders of that day. They came to him and they asked, they said, okay, what is the number one most important thing? What's the number one, the greatest commandment? What, what is the, the number one thing of all time? What is it? What is it that God wants for us and from us? The number, the number one thing. Did y'all catch that? I've said it's the number one thing. Um, and so it was, the, it was the very number one thing. And so we've been asking you each week to read this with us and begin to memorize this, get as part of your life Jesus's answer. The most important thing is this, Mark chapter 12, starting in verse 30. If you guys would please read this along with me. Ready? Here we go. You are to love God with every passion of your heart, with all the energy of your being, with every thought that is within you, and with all your strength. This is the great and supreme commandment, and the second is this. You must love your neighbor in the same way you love yourself. Life's reset button is love. That's what it is. Uh, Jesus said this is the number one thing. This is the one thing you and I can do to reset, to get our lives on track, to get going with what is most important to Jesus. And I want you to notice something. Uh, pushing this button can help us get out of the mud of life. And, and I'm, I'm so happy to, to, to know that it, Jesus didn't answer this way. He didn't say, here's the number one, the greatest commandment of all time is that you get everything perfect every single time. I'm so thankful because that's it. I'd be out. I don't, I don't ever get anything 100% perfect. He didn't say, uh, you have to know everything. You have to be flawless. He didn't, Jesus didn't even say, you have to memorize the entire Bible and know that you are a this or that. And the only important people and the number one thing is that you are a preacher or that you are a this or that. It was none of that. The number one thing was love God and love people. That's the reset uh, in, our, in our lives, Jesus gave five dynamics of love. Four of them were about loving God, and one there you caught at the end was about loving people. To love is to give with no, no demand for a return. Um, it, it's a, did you catch the, the give part? Love is a, it's a verb. It's, a, it's an action. We have to purposefully engage in loving I think, we, I think we might have said this last week. Love is something you do on purpose. You can't accidentally love something. You can't accidentally love somebody. Like, oh, man, I didn't mean to love you. I'm sorry. I mean, you know, <laughs> man, that was an accident. It doesn't work that way. You, 
It's something you're doing on purpose. You're pursuing someone. You're, you're engaging in something. It's, it's, love is something you do with intent. With intent. It's an action with a desire to interact with somebody in a fulfilling relationship. So today we're going to discuss the fourth dynamic of loving God that Jesus gave us. Jesus said you are to love God with all your strength. That's what we're talking about today. How do we love God with all your strength, like Jesus said we need to do. Well, we love God with all our gifts, all our talents, and all our abilities. In other words, our strengths, plural. That's how we love God in this manner of loving Him with our strength. So it's, it's not like strength like this. Grr. You know, I told Chad I thought of wearing a tank top to show you how ripped I am, but I didn't want to embarrass Chad. Oh, thank you that you did not do that. But <laughs> it's not that kind of strength. It's not that kind. Of, they're really laughing at me. I'm not going to say that in the next service. It was funny. Ed. Hurt that my feelings. <laughs> yeah, right. So we use our strengths to love and serve God. When we do that, it's a proactive way to make a difference. It's a proactive way to make a difference. Guys, you and I were made to make a difference. We were made to be proactive, to engage in life, to get out there with our strengths, our abilities, our talents, our gifts and make a difference. Now, we're going to look at a parable that Jesus taught to show us just how important this stuff is, how important it is to love God with our strengths. Look at the parable with me here, please. Once there was a wealthy prince who left his province to travel to a distant land where he would be crowned king and then return. Before he departed, he summoned his 10 servants together and said, I'm entrusting each of you with $50,000 to trade with while I'm away. Invest it and put the money to work until I return. So Jesus is giving them something they, they could relate to in that culture there. Rome dominated the known world, and the Roman rulers would move around, and they'd go over here and get more land, all this under Caesar at the top, all these guys. And so this was a common thing. They would go on a road trip and leave their servants to run their business to take care of their matters at home, okay? So this guy does that. He goes on a trip, but now he's coming home, and he wants a report. He wants those servants to report in and see how they did with that money. Then he summoned his 10 servants to see how much each one had, each one had earned, and what their profits came to. The first one came forward and said, Master, I took what you gave me and invested it and multiplied it 10 times. Splendid. You have done well, my excellent servant. Because you have shown that you could be trusted in this small matter, I now grant you authority to rule over 10 fortress cities. Man, his, he, he was rewarded in two ways. First off, he got the praise and appreciation and the big pat on the back from his master that meant so much to a servant. But also, he was rewarded with more responsibility, more he could do to, again, use his strengths, all right, in serving his master. So let's see what happens to the next guy. The second came and said, Master, what you left with me has multiplied five times. His master said, I also grant you authority in my kingdom over five fortress cities. So this guy did really well too, and, and he received a commensurate reward with what he had done, with the success he had had in serving his master with his strengths. So let's keep reading. There's a third guy. 
Another came before the king and said, Master, here is the money you entrusted to me. I hid it for safekeeping. You see, I live in fear of you, for everyone knows that you are a strict master and impossible to please. And I got to say, why in the heck would you be saying that last piece? I'm like, oh, it's getting bad. He keeps going. You push us for a high return on all that you own, and you always want to gain from someone else's efforts. This guy was so afraid of the the master, of the, the guy in charge, uh, he was like, man, I've seen how he deals with people. I've seen how it works. I, I, I see that this guy can be kind of ruthless, and um, I, I'm afraid of what might happen if I lose some of the money he gave me, so I'm just going to hang on to it. I'm going to hide it. He, I, he actually, like, I, I envision him like putting it in a jar and burying it somewhere under a rock until, until the guy came back. Well, let's, let's see how that worked out. The king said, you wicked servant. I will judge you using your own words. If what you said about me is true, that I am a harsh man, pushing you for a high return and wanting gain from others' efforts, why didn't you at least put my money in the bank to earn some interest on what I entrusted to you? He called them wicked. He said, I gave you something to work with, and, and you were evil with it. You were wicked with it. You just did nothing. You, it was... It was Almost like it was a waste of effort. He didn't even put it in the bank. He just hid it. Well, let's see what, uh, let's just read the last little bit here. Let's see what happens. The king said to his other servants, take the money, take the money he has and give it to the faithful servant who multiplied my money 10 times over. He's like, dude, you can't have that anymore. I'm gonna give it to the guy who did something, who did the most, the one who, who used the, the, what I had given him to the, the, the highest degree, I'm going to give that to him so he can do better with it, so he can do more with it. You, I'm taking it away from you. Well, um, the, the other guys were like, man, that's kind of rough. So they had something to say. They responded to him, and here's what they said. But master, the, the other servants objected. Why, why give it to him? Why give it to the guy that has so much already? I mean, he's already doing well. Why, why are you giving that to him? And the, the king replied, but to all who have been faithful, even more will be given them. And for the ones who have nothing, even the little they seem to have will be taken away. He's like, listen, I'm looking for who's doing the most, who's leveraging the most of what I've given them to, to work, to use. So I'm going to take this and give it to him because he's done the most. He's earned it. He's he's." He's put it to use the way I, I planned. So, of course, I'm going to give him the most. That, that's the way real life works. God takes his in investments in our lives very seriously. God takes what he has given you, the, the talents, the abilities, the strengths that God's putting you put in your life. He takes them seriously. And for you and I to love God with all of our strengths, with everything he's given us, that's a big deal. It's an important deal. Um, doesn't, I have a question. You might be thinking, oh, man, here's, here it comes. Man, you're telling us we're bad faith, unfaithful servants, and it's going to be, well, no, I want you to think of it this way. Doesn't it feel good to know that God believes you in you enough to invest something in you? He has given you strengths and talents, and maybe you haven't been using them. 
Uh, maybe you haven't been applying them, but I, I want to focus on the fact that God gave them to you because he believes you can do something with it. He believes you can be a blessing to people and, and life around us. Um, God, th- this, uh, this, uh, this ruler that we're talking about, he gave money to the men so they would be proactive with it, so they would benefit from it, and he blessed the ones that did just that. The ones that were proactive with it, not only did they earn something for him, but that, that master blessed them. And it's guaranteed that those first two guys, the ones that said, hey, I, I did well with it, it's guaranteed that they felt the blessings, they felt the, the, the love from the master when they presented their work. I mean, how could you not when he said, splendid, well done? It's like, yeah, that, that, just like, hey, I, I, I was worth something. And it's only because they... Put what they had to use. God takes his investment in us so seriously, and so should we. Take seriously the the, the gifts and the talents and the strengths that God's given you. When you realize that God is investing in you for your good and for the good of the people around you, it's easy to put to work these talents and these strengths that God gave us. Um, God celebrates God celebrates when we serve him well. The, this, this king, this master said, splendid. Like, yes, you did exactly what I was hoping. It's a, it's a celebration. Don't, have you ever gone to just even your boss and you wanted to hear him say, man, you did a great job? It's like, yes, that's great. Or mom or your dad say, I, I'm so excited for you. I'm proud of you. I, I, believe, uh, that, I, I believe that my investment uh, was worth it because look, look, you used it. Uh, th- that's kind of what's happening here. Uh, imagine what it's going to be like if you uh, stand before, well, we're all going to stand before God one day. And what would it be like if you're standing before God and, and oh, by the way, you're standing, you know, up there kind of kind of alone, you know, like, okay, God, let's, let's give an account of how I live my life. And when God, if God says to you, look, um, well done. I gave you strengths, I gave you talents, and you used them. You, you loved me with your strength. You, you put to work the things I gave you to use. I look forward, and, and I imagine, imagine it being that way. I'm not going to be perfect. You're not going to be perfect. We'll mess up sometime. But imagine what it's going to be like if you get to stand before God, and you're one of those people, one of, like one of these servants that said, hey, God, I took what you had. I did my best with it. I did everything I could with it, and, I, and it, it worked. That, I think that's going to be an amazing, an amazing day. Now, um, in this next blank in your handout, you see in this next line, if you're following along, you see three blanks. And I, I want to help you with the, the answers. You might see a theme here. Here we go. Different people need different things. See if you can fill in the last one. So God gives people different strengths to leverage. People are different. We need different things. We have different things to offer. You and the person sitting next to you are not the same. You don't have the same needs. God, I'm so, I'm so glad everybody in the world is not like me. You know, we're, we're, we're diverse. Well, God knew that. 
I mean, he made us that way, so he gives us different things to leverage. Uh, 1 Corinthians 12, 7, the Spirit has given each of us a special way of serving others. Here's another one that may, that's not in your notes. You might want to write this one down. It's Romans 12, 6. In his grace, God has given us different gifts for doing certain things well. All kinds of gifts, all kinds of talents, all kinds of abilities from practical skills, you know, working with your hands, to people skills, to, to teaching, to things inside of church and ministry, to things outside of church and in the community, just all across the board, God has given us all kinds of different strengths so that we can put them to use and put them to work. He's invested these things in us. Now, you may be sitting there at the moment thinking, well, this is great, but I don't really feel like I have much to offer. I mean, I don't, I don't really feel like I have much to give. God, I, I like to use something, but I don't, I, I don't know. I don't, have, I don't really have anything. Well, I'm going to ask you something. Have you ever heard of a woman named, I'm gonna put it on the, go ahead and put it on the screen for us, Agnes Hardname Hardname? <laughs> has, <laughs> has it? He was wondering if I was going to be able to say that name, and I can't. I told him, so, good luck, brother. <laughs> so Agnes, and, and that's her, her old name there. Anybody in here ever heard of her? Okay, let me tell you a name that you might recognize that, that she's more known by today, Mother Teresa. Okay, so the, that, that's Mother Teresa. That was Mother Teresa's real name. But let, let me tell you a little bit about this, this amazing person. She... Now, when, as soon as I said Mother Teresa, I was like, oh, yeah, I've heard of her. I've seen, I've seen her picture before. And you might or might not know kind of a little bit of the backstory of her life. She was born in 1910, so you know, a little while back. And at the age of 18, she became a nun. And she decided, hey, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to work. I'm going to do things for God. And she worked as a teacher in India. She had a little bit of medical training, but, and she worked as a teacher in India for a while. And at age 36, she decided, I'm going to dedicate the rest of my life to helping the poor. That's what, I mean, this was, and she, I guarantee she connected with what God had made her to do. I'm going to help the poor. Well, when she started, uh, she had very little support for this for this ministry, this, this strength, this thing that she had, and she knew it, and she was reaching out to use it, but she didn't have much else. She didn't have very many people you know, joining in with her. It was kind of her doing a lot of it on her own, and, and as a matter of fact, times were even so hard in her life, there's more than one time where she herself was begging for food. She didn't really have very much to offer. I can imagine thinking, God, here I am having to beg for food. What do I have to offer to poor people? I'm poor myself. I got nothing, but she was, she determined she was going to love God with her strength. In 1950, she formed a a charity or a a ministry called the Missionaries of Charity, and it started with 13 people, and they started loving and serving the poor. By 1997, it was, this organization was 4,000 members of people. Uh, this is, all of this is why you've heard of Mother Teresa. Uh, in, in 1979, this is something that, this is just amazing. Um, she got the Nobel Peace Prize. 
And rather than having this huge banquet, which is what, it's a common occurrence, you get the Nobel Peace Prize, there's a huge celebration, and I don't know how much money is dropped on this thing, but it must be a lot. And uh, she said, hey, instead of us having this big party, can you just donate that money to the poor? This, this gal, Agnes, who had nothing, she had nothing but the strengths God gave her. She said, I'm going to use them. And even when everything around her looked like, well, you don't, you're not, it's not working, you have no support, she did it anyway. And she ended up helping who knows how many people. I, I, I don't even know if they can put a number on how many people she reached out to that she shared the love of God with. I guarantee you that uh, Mother Teresa was loving God with her strengths. And people around her benefited from it, and I promise you she was blessed because of it. Now, if you've been thinking, I ain't got nothing, well, you do have something. God has invested strengths and talents in you. And it doesn't really matter what it looks like if you've got it and you're like, God, I know this is what you gave me. If you begin to love God with all that strength, it's gonna work. It's gonna work and there's gonna be a return on God's investment and a return on, on, on you loving God with that strength. Now, each week we've been looking at a character in the Bible to, to uh, connect it to the, the, the reset button we're talking about of that day. And um, these, today's is another example of the dynamics of loving God. So this week's character from the Bible is named Bezalel. Bezalel. You may not recognize him right away. Let me tell you a little bit about him. About 5,000 years ago, when the nation of Israel was, by God's power and miracles and all kind of stuff, they were delivered out of bondage in the nation of Egypt. They're on the march, right? And they had a phrase, the promised land, this new region where they were going to live, a new nation. And so they're on the march across a lot of desert and wilderness areas. They're on the march, and God wants to give them a portable worship center, something they could set up and worship him with and in, and then they could break it down and they could march some more. And so this uh, worship center was called the Tabernacle. And let me, let me tell you a little bit about the Tabernacle. God gave Moses so many very specific details about it. God wanted it a very particular way. Here's a few things about the Tabernacle. This building you're sitting in is about 100 by 100 square, the uh, slab you're sitting on. Well, the tabernacle was roughly twice this area, okay? So picture twice the area of the, of the whole building we're in. And one of the features of it was that along the outside, kind of like a wall, were hanging tapestries. Don't, don't picture, you know, thin little curtains like you might have in the house. Picture Persian rugs. God had them weave these, many, many, many of them to go all the way around this large area. And then these amazing tapestries were hung on portable system of posts and stands, and the stands were made of silver. And then God gave them all these directions of how to do the sacrifices and all the tools and all that sort of thing. And then God told them, build a special place that's inside the big tabernacle called the Holy of Holies. It was a very small tent area. And in that area, the high priest every year would go and make sacrifices for the people and for their sin. And then in the Holy of Holies, God gave them great details in this box he wanted them to build that was called the Ark of the Covenant. Picture kind of a coffin-shaped 
size box. And inside that covenant were the stone tablets where God with his own finger wrote down the Ten Commandments. So it was a holy place. It was very, very important. And God gave them very specific details and how to preach it, uh, even about the lid on the box. He said, make that of one solid piece of gold with these angelic creatures and their wings were touching. I mean, it was just an amazing project, and it was not a small thing. It was a big, big deal. So now God's given Moses all these details, and now he's going to tell Moses who is going to do it. So I want to read from Exodus chapter 31. Then the Lord said to Moses, look, I have specifically chosen Bezalel, son of Uri, grandson of Hur of the tribe of Judah. I have filled him with the Spirit of God, giving him great wisdom, ability, and expertise in all kinds of crafts. He is a master craftsman, expert in working with gold, silver, and bronze. He is skilled in engraving and mounting gemstones and in carving wood. He is a master at every craft. So God had a very specific job he wanted done to build the tabernacle, and now he has a very specific person, Bezalel, in mind, and God has gifted him to be a master at every craft. Man, I'd settle for being a master at one craft, you know, but this guy, God gave him so much ability because there were so many different things to do to create this tabernacle. Well, you know, you and I are just like Bezalel. He was nothing special, but God specially chose him for something. And so God has specifically chosen you too, and he has gifted you to accomplish his purposes. God's got something in mind for you to do to make a difference, just like Bezalel. So it takes eight chapters of the scripture in the book of Exodus to describe all that Bezalel and his team, he had a team of guys, all that they did to build all this. And again, the building of it is as much detail as the details of the, the guide to the directions to build it. And so at chapter 39, the work is finished. And I, I just picture this. It's all done. Bezalel's got the guys. Okay, we, we didn't forget anything. We got everything in place. Okay. All right, Moses, come, come check our work. And Moses goes in, and he inspects everything they'd done. And Moses said, guys, y'all killed it. This is perfect. I know this is exactly what God wanted us to build. Well, this all happened simply because Bezalel and his team used the gifts and the strengths that God had given them. So it's really, really, really important for us to love God with all of our strengths, with the abilities and the things he's given us. Uh, and so we got a couple questions here to, to ask that you can kind of ask yourself and, and, and a really easy prayer to kind of add to your, maybe your, your daily time with God. The first one is this, what are my strengths? You may not know. You may think, again, you may be still thinking, well, okay, that was great that Mother Teresa, you know, managed that, but, and, and this, this guy, Bezalel, that I've it. never heard of before in you the Bible, <laughs> um, I mean, I heard about it because, and, and this is my, the, the reality of my situation. Well, I want you to ask God, okay, God, what is the real reality of my situation? What, what are my strengths? What have you given me? And, and here's something to kind of tag on to that. Ask God what your strengths are, if you don't know, or if you're thinking you, got, you don't have any, and ask some people. I mean, God put people in your life that see you every day, that, that you, you talk to, and they can probably tell you. That people that you trust, I'm talking about people that are, are, are solid. Now, when you ask people, actually, maybe even when you ask God, 
I want you to be prepared for something. Be prepared, number one, that there's going to be an answer and that there's going to be a response. And number two, it may not be the response you thought. It It may not. It may be. It may very well be what you thought it was. But it also may be something different, and you may think, yeah, but I'm good at this. And somebody say, yeah, no, you're really not. <laughs> um, just be prepared because that's possible. <laughs> but the good thing is you're looking, and you're saying, God, what are my strengths? If I've been doing something outside and it hasn't been my strength, well, let me delegate that to someone else who has a different strength than me. I want to grab hold of, and I want to engage in loving you with the strengths you've given me. Um, so that, that, that's the first thing. And Hang then, on. I want, I want to jump in here. Now, some of you may say, well, I've been serving God for a long time, and I know my strengths or whatever. Well, I guess I don't need to do this because I'm, you know, I'm doing my thing for God. It's all good. Well, I want to encourage you as well to pray this prayer because one of the coolest things in life is that God gives us new gifts. God gives us new talents and abilities. He gives us new strengths to leverage for him. One of one of the greatest joys in my life is that throughout my career, God's given me different jobs to do, and some of them I didn't feel that prepared for, but he gave me just enough strength and gifting to get through it, and it became a, a wonderful experience. And so this is a prayer for all of us, not just folks who may be a little new to this, but all of us, because God's always got more and more and more for us. I mean, I'm an example. This guy can do a little bit on the computer now because Chad's taken four years to teach me a couple things. Well, I've got a new skill, and every week I do this couple of things that are my job now. Well, we can all learn new strengths. We can all learn to operate in fresh ways. All right, so we're, we're going to get to that prayer in one sec. The second thing is this. Am I using my strengths for God? Kind of goes along with what, you know, it, it got. Okay, I've been doing things. I've been, you know, but am I, am I using my strengths for God? When you pray and ask, you, for me, I don't actually write it down, but I'm going to suggest that you write it down. For me, it would be more like type it in or, or type it in um, so that you can go back and say, okay, am I using these strengths? Am I doing that? And so then, then here's the prayer. Very easily, it's very, very, very simple. If you do it with your heart, this matters so much. God Help me leverage the strengths you've given me to serve you. God, help me leverage the strengths you've given me. I want to love you with all my strengths. And and instead of thinking, well, I don't have this and I don't have that and I lack here, throw all the lack out. God, what? show me what I have to leverage. I want to leverage the strengths that you've given me. One way that you can begin to do that, there's more than one, but here's one is uh, we, we have here at Ignite our crew. These are the people that volunteer and do things and make a lot of this morning happen. A lot of stuff that happens around here is because we have part of our crew. You can be part of the Ignite crew. Uh, under join the community on the app or the website, you click that and then you find it, click Ignite crew and it, 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 we can take you through the process. It's very easy actually to begin to put some strengths to work. Um, so our story about the, the guy that was afraid, I hid my stuff and I didn't want to use it because I was afraid I would do it wrong. Well, I, we have some good news for you. Here at Ignite, and, and you, should, you know, it should be this way everywhere, but we, we can say it for sure if we're here. If you say, hey, I want to be part of the crew and I'm going to do stuff, you have permission to fail. 
You're like, well, if I failed, then people, well, it's okay. If you fail, the good news about that is you were trying. You were, you were, you were looking for what it is. You were, you were trying to, to use your strengths that God gave you. So it, it is okay to fail. If you fail, let's just learn from it and let's fix it and, and move on and move forward. Um, we would rather we try to serve God and try to love God with our strengths and fail than to never try at all. Uh, Ed and I have a helpful motto, and it works for us because, you know what, Ed fails often. Yeah, absolutely. And, absolutely. Uh, I mean, we, things fail. We fail. It's because we're, we're figuring things out. We have a really good motto we want you to adopt, and it's this. Everything's an experiment. Let's, let's try this. It's an experiment. Let's try it, and let's see. Um, we want you to go for it. So if we begin to engage in life like this with a mindset of God's given me strengths and abilities, and, and we begin to engage and look for those opportunities and, and be bold and risk a little bit, if we start to live like that, our life changes. We become so much more fulfilled. We have such an increase in our sense of meaning and purpose in life. And it's not just us. Our family is impacted our church, our community, the whole world gets impacted when we do like Mother Teresa, Bezalel, and everybody else on the planet who says yes to God. We can all grow like this, and it makes such a huge, huge difference. We'll be praying for you guys this week that, that God works this into your heart, that he shows you some things, and there are some new things to step out into we're so glad you came today. We love you guys. We really appreciate you. Go ahead and stand up. We're about to pray. Two things before we pray. Number one, we'll have prayer teams up here at the stage. They're here to pray for you for any need in your life at all. And number two, remember to give. You can give them the boxes or on the app or the website before you leave today. Let's pray. God, I thank you for the amazing privilege we have to serve you. You could do everything you wanted all by yourself faster and easier and better. But you say, no, I want you to be my co-laborer. I want you to be my partner in this thing. And so, God, you, you give us gifts and talents and abilities and strengths. And then we get to serve you in them. And sometimes we fail, but sometimes we don't. Sometimes we get it right. Sometimes we will make a difference. So, God, this week, would you just refresh in our hearts a desire to serve you and to make a difference? Lord, I pray you bless these folks this week now. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. God bless you guys. Have a great week.